0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show, the 9th of February, 2020. Where else would you rather be? Probably lots of places. Although, if you're in the UK right now, it's snowing. Um, I know some of my American friends are have it much worse than this. But some areas of the United Kingdom right now are minus 14. Minus Minus. No, our ending never gets to minus 14, but we're not going to talk about the weather because we'll be here all day. Or we probably won't. I don't really have much more to say that other than that. I I guess I'm going to call this podcast, I hope your hole is okay, or ow, my hole, I don't know what to do. Who would have thunk that over the last seven days, the most talked about thing in the world of professional wrestling would have been Nia Jax, I guess missing a leg drop, falling on the ring apron, and saying out loud, ow, my hole. Some people love it, some people hate it. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, as I usually am, mostly because, you know, resting's there for entertainment. But I will say this, I think it brings up a very interesting topic when it does come to the world of sports entertainment in terms of what's good and what's bad and what we like and what we don't like. We have seen some incredible matches in 2021 alone. You know, you can go to the Royal Rumble, you can go to some of the New Japan stuff, AEW is consistently smashing them out. And they they get good chatter, and they get a good response, and they get good feedback. And I'm certainly not saying that we don't need good wrestling matches in wrestling. Of course we do. It's one of the most important things. That should almost be the base. That should be the fundamental, especially as athletic competition has become more... Well, the level has risen, right? You go back to the 80s, and you've got Hogan you know, King Kong Bundy, people like that. I don't want to say people like Man Randy Savage or Ricky Steamboat because I think they probably, you know, they could have adapted to this kind of time frame. But athleticism and the, the skill bar has gone up. But I can't think of anything else, apart from the Raw Rumble event itself because it always does, but I can't think of anything else that got as much discussion as Nia Jax just falling on her ass and saying you hold. Now you can't do that all the time. You can't let wrestling be overrun with comedy, but at the same time you can't, you know, negate comedy altogether. Wrestling should be a, a one stop shop for variety and diversity and comedy and funniness and all this all this stuff. But it really I just took a step back and I was like, never forget, it's these kind of moments which is what makes us gel with wrestling. And honestly, if you think about your favorite wrestling moments, I know you're going to have favorite wrestling matches. But what most people say is the Siang Punk promo or when the mega powers exploded, imploded, however you want to say it. You know, the heel turn at WrestleMania 13. There's so many individual things that have happened that actually have nothing to do with two people having a fight in a ring. And I want to make point out very clear as well. I'm not saying that Nia Jax saying, ow, my hole is up there with some of the greatest moments in wrestling. But, you know, this is a woman who I think gets too much criticism at times. You know, people are quick to jump on the bandwagon when it comes to Nia Jax, which I always think is unfair. Not that she's above criticism. I'm not saying that, not saying that whatsoever, but I think some people just like to kind of, you know, put the needle in as and when they can, and then within you know ten minutes, she turned herself into at least for the next couple of days an internet meme, an internet sensation, and nobody was talking about that. And I think that's why we love wrestling. You know, we love wrestling for things absolute nonsense like that. And I guess some of the criticisms I've saw has been, oh, the Lana-Nia Jax feud's been going on for ages. Yes, but come on, it's never been that serious, has it? I don't think in any kind of serious feud you put somebody through a table nine times. But it is what it is. I mean, it was so ridiculous. Just because, even in the world of wrestling, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, ow, my hole. I mean, would I say that if I fell on my ass? I don't think I would. I can't think of any kind of situation where I would feel the need to go, ow, my hole. I mean, maybe ear hole. That would make sense. Eye hole. If something happened to my eye, even if something happened to my ass, I would say around my ass, or around my bum, around my bottom. I can't think of any other words for uh, <laughs> for my bum. Just what a world. What a world we live in, but good for her. It made me laugh, and it made a lot of people laugh as well. It also tied into the absolutely randomness that was Raw this week, where they decided they weren't going to promote anything <laughs> beforehand, and they were just going to announce things as the show went on, which is a very interesting strategy. But yes, they did say we're going to pay off this Lana feud with um, with a tables match. We had Angel Garza being friends with The Miz and John Morrison. I don't know why. Edge was back. No one had told me that. Bianca Belair was on Raw. Nobody had told me that. We had Elimination Chamber. Uh, I keep forgetting who's in it, but it's basically Drew McIntyre defending against Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, The Miz, Randy Orton, and somebody else, I think. And the AJ Styles, of course, AJ Styles. I don't mind the match. I really don't, but... How anybody can justify that, I, I don't know. And I, I, if this is how WWE wants to do things, where we go from week to week to week and each kind of episode exists within itself. And that's fine. I'll get used to it and I probably won't enjoy it as much, but I'll take it for what it is. But it did come across like a little bit lazy. You know, it was just a little bit lazy. Like, oh, we need a big match for the pay-per-view. We clearly want to hold Seamus versus Drew one-on-one off, maybe to a fast lane or to mania. How do we do that? Oh, we'll just do an Elimination Chamber match. And it's twofold, really. One, it would have been cool if there was some kind of... Uh, qualification process. I mean, you can't do that, right? Because there's only 10 days till Elimination Chamber. But also, too, I saw a very interesting spin on all this where somebody said, how is it fair to have an Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title mere weeks after the Royal Rumble? Because what does that say about the Royal Rumble winner? And that's, that's a very good point. Because Sheamus is not in the Royal Rumble, I think. I think he did, yeah. He failed. Same with AJ Styles. Same with The Miz. Same with Jeff Hardy. They all went to Rumble because they wanted to get a, a shot at the title. And they got one anyway. And that's the problem with doing the kind of uh, shotgun booking that WWE has fallen into. It's just so easy to poke holes in. I don't know. I mean, you you could have even done this to be a number one contender for, for Drew's title. And that would have been fine. But Edge would have had to have made his choice that he was going to fight Roman Reigns. And that's the other thing. Like... I just don't think the WWE has completely made up their minds about what they want to do at WrestleMania. Hence why you've got the dual storyline. Edge is doing it, but so is Bianca Belair. And I think you can get away with one of them doing it. I think it's quite interesting. It adds a bit of uh, a tease to every single show. But when Bianca Belair or Edge, depending on which one you prefer, is doing it too, again, just a bit lazy, just a bit lame. You're like, well, this is not as exciting as it could be because I'm also seeing it over here and we're doing it over there. Talking about the shotgun stuff, Shane McMahon just came back. I don't know why Shane McMahon came back. I don't know why nobody mentioned Raw Underground, that would be my first person, Omos came out there, and we were meant to think that Shane McMahon and Omos had never even seen each other, but I've seen them working together, I definitely saw that, so just an absolutely crazy Raw, it it, it truly was, and it wasn't like devoid of good content, but it just felt like all the highlights were average at best, which is probably too negative if I'm completely honest, but you know, you open with this big Elimination Chamber thing, you're like, okay, it's not the greatest thing in the world. At least I know that main event will be good. But then you get Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles to justify the fact that they are in this semi-program now. And AJ Styles just win. And it's an okay match, right? You know, it's easy to watch. There's nothing that's going to get you down. And later on, you had Keith Lee versus Riddle. That was actually really good. I actually really enjoyed that. But then you get dragged back into bizarre territory when just from nowhere, about five, ten minutes later, they go, oh, by the way, at the Immolation Chamber pay-per-view, it's now going to be Riddle versus Lashley, who obviously came out and beat them both up, versus Keith Lee. And, you know, you can say that we're overthinking this, and you'd probably be right. But there is this idea of, well, how can Riddle not only lose to Bobby Lashley continuously every single week on TV, but then lose to Keith Lee, pretty clean, pretty clean, one, two, three, but still get himself into a position where he can now challenge for the United States Championship. It just means that everything you're watching is is absolutely pointless. (laughs) Like, it didn't matter. that, That whole match between Keith Lee and Riddle didn't matter because Keith Lee did not benefit from it whatsoever. It was just there to entertain you for the 10 minutes that it was on. And I don't necessarily think going down the line... You have to have stakes, right? It's like anything. It's it's like when people talk about free speech, and I've said this before. I 100% agree with free speech, but then there also has to be consequences and responsibility. You have to have that back and forth. It's like a tennis game, and Raw doesn't really have it at the moment. Raw is just, we'll do a bunch of things, but we've already decided what big matches we want to do, and however we get there is however we get there. Not so much on SmackDown. Again, SmackDown last week I thought was another good show, mostly because it is pivoted around Roman Reigns and the Roman Reigns character is so good I just want to see him how he's going to interact with people so when I knew he was going to interact with Edge I was like brilliant I want to see it Um, Kevin Owens coming back and giving him a stunner look if it leads to Edge and Kevin Owens versus Jey Uso and Roman Reigns I can take it I do agree that maybe at this stage the Kevin Owens feud has been going on a little bit long just because Roman has beaten him so many times But I'd love to see Edge and Kevin Owens team up. I mean, obviously, they're both Canadians. I really like both guys. It'd also be cool to see Jay and Roman as a tag team. We haven't overly done that. And it could get you through the Elimination Chamber pay per view as well. So I actually don't mind that. And then, you know, and that way, too, if you are going to do Roman versus Edge. I mean, depending on what the outcome there is going to be. But, you know, Roman can, uh, I don't know who, maybe he does pin edge. There's ways and means, is my point. So that would actually be okay. See, I enjoyed SmackDown. I thought it was a a good show. Going back to Raw, though, you know, you have the New Day versus Retribution. And there was nothing wrong with it. It was a fine tag team match. Mustafa Ali on commentary is really good. I feel like if they just gave him a bit more freedom and leeway or the, the whole group as a whole, I think they could do some great stuff. But then, you know, the New Day just wins. You're like, okay, well, we're just going to move on to whatever is next. <laughs> so I've just looked at my notes and saw what was next. Charlotte versus Lacey Evans. This one is, is difficult for me to talk about. I love Ric Flair. I think Ric Flair is one of, if not the, the greatest wrestler of all time, right? No surprise. Not a hot take. We all, I think most people, most people think this and most people agree with it. So I don't mind him seeing on TV. In fact, I like it. And even the promo he got, it just reminds you, one of the best promo guys ever. However... The whole basis of this story is that Ric Flair doesn't think Charlotte is as hot as she thinks she does. So now he's going to try and you know verbally beat her down. Even though Ric Flair has spent the last five, six, seven, eight years telling us that Charlotte is better than him and she's the greatest wrestler ever. And then Charlotte's response is that not once has she ever said she doesn't want her dad's help. Even though on Raw a few weeks ago, she looked at him and said, dad, I don't want your help before he went and joined Lacey Evans. And then you get more randomness because Lacey says, oh, by the way, I've talked to somebody. And if I beat you, why Charlotte is the gatekeeper, I don't know. But if I beat you, I get a, ma- I get a shot up against Oscar. And then we get Charlotte versus um, Lacey Evans and it ends in a disqualification because Charlotte beat her up so much. The referee decided that the Southern barrel needed a break and she still gets the match. <laughs> It's great. You know what? I take it back. It's great. Smackdown is a really good, well put together, easy to watch wrestling show. So if Raw is going to be the nuts bonkers thing, I mean, it's three hours. And whatever makes that three hours feel like 120 minutes, I'm all for. So I take it all back. Raw is the best thing ever. It's just crazy. Like, it's just so, so crazy. Like, I don't know who it's for. I don't know why we want the impression of our head that Lacey Evans and Rick Flair are banging. Look, if you get off on it, that's good for you. You're having a good time. I always say that. If you are entertained, then you have won. I just don't know. What, what's the good outcome here? Do I want to see Charlotte beat Lacey Evans? Not particularly. I don't feel like Lacey Evans and Rick Flair have done anything that bad. And do I want to see it vice versa? Not particularly. Do I want to see Oscar holding on to the Raw Women's title? Yes. Is it going to happen? No. If I could pull the strings, I would have... I mean, let me, say, let me repeat that. If I could pull the strings knowing what I think WWE will do... So, I'm living in their world. I would actually have Lacey Evans win the belt at Elimination Chamber. I would then have Charlotte beat her at Fastlane, and I'd get Rhea Ripley on TV as soon as I could and get on her at WrestleMania. And I know I've seen a few people seeing, uh, talking about that scenario and saying that they don't like it because they don't think it's a, a long enough build. I kind of disagree with that. The way that WWE operates, we've still got two months. And I don't think we should, again, it goes back to my argument about Bianca Belair when people go, we can't do too much too soon. No, I don't think we're living in that world anymore. If WWE doesn't do something soon, these people will just vanish into dust. So I hope that Rhea Ripley beats Charlotte at WrestleMania for the women's title. I hope that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair do the same. And I hope we come out into, you know, mid-April with two brand new women's champions that feel like up-and-coming stars. Because we haven't had that in a while. Drew was definitely one. Uh, But Drew has now cemented himself, so you know now we should be looking for somebody else. Not that I want Drew to be knocked off his perch. I mean, he can you can be there for years, but I can't see anybody else they're strapping a rocket to, or or at least pretend or uh, planning to. So let's double down on the women's division. You know, especially because the women's tag team titles are just just all over the place. Uh, I did like Edge's promo as well when you know the Miz tried to. I basically told him what he was going to do and Edge was like, you're such a moron, Miz, which he was. I enjoy it when morons get called out for being morons. And I honestly, just to double down on what I've said before, no problem with Bad Bunny being on the show. I really, really don't. It doesn't seem like it's going to translate into massive ratings. Maybe we just don't live in that world anymore. But when you see all the accolades that he's racking up, like all his videos combined that he shared featuring his WWE stuff has done well over 60, 70, 80 million views. I mean, he's the most streamed artist of 2020. He brings in a huge uh, different Different demographic that WWE is looking to get. And if anything, he just genuinely adds a bit of credibility if you're looking to be cool. Because kids look up to him, kids think he's cool, or teenagers, whatever you want to say. Like, he's a massive, massive star. And I find it somewhat ridiculous when people go, who? I hate that. When you put somebody's name and someone goes, who? Like, unless you know every single person in the universe, we can't talk about them. That is so dumb. It's absolutely so dumb. Like, you know, there are bands out there that are doing incredibly well for themselves. But, you know, the majority of people wouldn't have heard on them. But if you talk about them, you shouldn't get a response going, who? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Nobody can argue. I don't want to get so mad about this. But nobody can argue that Bad Bunny hasn't achieved his dream in the music world. He has. And that doesn't just happen, right? That does not just happen. And also, the usual criticism of celebrities, they just come in, the winner go away. He's now been doing it every week since the end of January. So even if he does go away now for a break, that's more than most. I'm all right with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny versus the Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania. I hope he's lost the stupid Money in the Bank briefcase by then because I'm sick of it. Unless we're going to give it to Damian Priest. And again, let's not wait. Make him the world champion. I mean it. Let him claim or kick Drew and win. Drew will be fine. He's the man now. But, you know, it should... that The last scene of that should be Damian Priest winning so that Bad Bunny is still on the winning team and then they celebrate together or whatever. Let's put Damian Priest over huge. And if we can get a little bit of a rub from a proper celebrity, I can't see how that is a problem even if it doesn't result in massive TV ratings like who would you even get if you get the rock in yeah sure you're gonna get bigger TV ratings but I think even if you put Brad Pitt on the show I don't think it's gonna spike to a 4.0 or anything maybe through some intrigue and maybe some of the segments would do well online but I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't have a direct tie with pro wrestling that is really gonna you know again just spark a rating in my opinion Uh, Angel Garza was also just back on Raw and he's friends with the Miz and Morrison now so just deal with it (laughs) Where's he been? Don't worry about it. Where's his rose? Don't worry about it. He's just their friend now. They just needed somebody to beat. So they beat him. (laughs) Wrestling's the best. It's so weird. The main event, too, was good. Well, I say good. Look, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre can't have a bad match. But I think even the most hardcore fan at this stage would be a bit like Do we need to see it again? I think they started feuding in June. Like they're definitely feuding in August because they had a match at SummerSlam, and it's been decent. You know, Orton Os- um, won the belt from him. He won the belt from Orton. Gone back and forth. Had some decent matches, and they're incapable of having a bad one because they're too talented. But it's a law of diminishing returns. After a while, I was like, I don't really need to see this again, and then after ten minutes, when Sheamus just runs down and Bro kicks Randy Orton by accident, and Sheamus, um, uh, Drew McIntyre, Dr- Claymore kicks Sheamus, and that's it. You kind of just get this feeling of, well, I've already seen a bunch of DQs already. And that's a DQ. And I've already seen a bunch of distractions. And that's kind of the distraction too, depending on how you want to look at it. And after a while, you just start thinking, what is even the point of, like, watching uh, matches, right? That's a bit too strong. What's the point of watching matches? But there is no consequence to them (laughs) whatsoever. I think we probably should have just done Sheamus versus Drew at Elimination Chamber. But I tell you what, if they are holding it off for WrestleMania, if they build it right... And if they can tell the story, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, because I totally believe that Drew McIntyre will retain his championship. So I don't want to see a Keith Lee in there. It wouldn't happen anyway, but I don't want to see a Big E in there. They don't need to be in that spot and lose. You know, when it's time to pull the trigger, if we ever do do that, you know, they should be treated like superstars. And Sheamus is sort of coming to the back end of his career. Doesn't need another title run, I don't think. I mean, you can even do it that Sheamus somehow screws his way through the elimination chamber and wins the belt, and then Drew wins it back at WrestleMania. I'd be all right with that as well. I think that would be fine, especially if you can't get somebody like a Brock Lesnar and Edge is going to go against Roman Reigns. But yeah, overall, just a strange episode of Raw. Again, it just feels like they don't really know where they're heading. So <laughs> they kind of just, they just make stuff up as they go, which I suppose is fine, which I suppose is fine if that's what you want. It's just, it's really weird to me when SmackDown to me is a really well put together show. Everything makes sense. It kind of feels like we're going to do something with Cesaro now. That's exciting. Again, Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro, always good. And you watch Raw and it's like the complete opposite. It's just all around the houses and going left, up, right, sideways. It's just like this is crazy. <laughs> so weird. Uh, going back to last week as well, I thought AEW was a good show uh, too, it, just because of the ending, right? With, with with Kenta and the the forbidden door being opened. No one really knows what that means at this stage, especially with the pandemic going on and the big stars not being able to go to and fro. And also, we don't even know if that's... Maybe the deal right now is just, sure, you can use John Moxley on New Japan Strong and we'll use to on AEW. Like, the main event uh, tomorrow night is, what, Kenny Omega and uh, Kenta going against John Moxley and Lance Archer or whatever the hell it was. But that's a cool match. I mean, the interesting thing with the New Japan, I think Dave Meltzer described this perfectly from Wrestling Observer you know getting new japan involved isn't all of a sudden going to spike your rating to like a 1.3 you know because it's aimed at hardcore fans who are probably already watching AEW, which makes perfect sense but if you can do it when there are fans in there and these japanese stars get huge reactions because the audience recognizes who they are then that's what could translate to a tv crowd you know people watching the television show going oh man maybe i should care about these and it could organically grow from there and that's the main reason that i would like it to happen And I also think it just makes all the sense in the world. Look at the financials that WWE put out last week. I mean, they're huge. They basically made a billion dollars last year, and they'll probably make a billion dollars this year too. So they're not going to go out of business for at least four, five, six years. And even then, they'll have contingencies in place. They're going to be around for the long haul. So in terms of competing with WWE like that, it's 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 irrelevant. It doesn't even matter. And ultimately, we should want all wrestling companies to do incredibly because that's better for the wrestlers. So what you want to do is, you know, you want to be able to craft the most intriguing and compelling competitive product possible, especially for people that may not watch wrestling anymore because they don't like what WWE does, which is perfectly fine, which is perfectly cool. And having this sort of, we'll call AEW the hub, And having these sort of offshoots where you do get stuff with Impact, and you get stuff with AAA, and you get stuff with New Japan. And all of a sudden, you start building matches that people do want to see. Like, let's say they did do Kenny Omega versus Akada. Now, there's actually more interesting matches we could talk about in terms of ones that have never been done before. But if you say that you're going to do Kenny Omega, Omega, Akada 5, or whichever one it would be, there's going to be a buzz about it. And that buzz can translate to people that don't even know what's going on. I hate to bring this back again once more. Nowhere near the same level. But you can go on Twitter right now and you can see people talking about the Nia Jax whole comment just because other people had started the conversation. And nobody wants to be out of the conversation, right? Everybody wants to be in the conversation. So if you take that and you actually apply it to a serious angle, which also goes back to the discussion we were having earlier, I totally believe that it could start to work and you're going to have to get more fans. But you will get more fans. Sorry, but you need a crowd in there first. You need that live reaction. You need plenty of noise, but also you need to give it time. You know, I, I think even if Suzuki and Okada and Naito and Ishii and Ibushi all just rushed AEW next week, I mean, I think your YouTube views and your social media number views would go th- crazy. People would go nuts because they want to see it. But I don't necessarily think the dynamite after that, I think the number would go up. But again, it's not going to be a 1.52 million, but it's something you could use to get there. And that's what I'm massively excited about. And also, you know, the dream matches too. I did a, I did a thing on my Twitter at Simon316 where I asked this question. The one that was upvoted the most, not that it means anything, was they ever wanted to see Pack versus Osprey. Of course, they fought over here in the UK, but you do it on a big stage, it's going to feel like a bigger match. And you could do that, but you could take Osprey and you could put him against anybody. You could put him against Matt Jackson. You could put him against Orange Cassidy, Lance Archer uh you know whoever you could just do it and people would be massively fascinated by it so that's why i think it's a good idea i also think it's going to help new japan too because you're going to get a bigger highlight and spotlight on their talent and of course they've just joined the roku network or whatever the hell it's called so you can actually watch new japan on that streaming service should you so wish so i'm massively massively intrigued to see yeah how it develops and how it evolves and, and we'll just take it from there uh, I saw bits and bobs of NXT. Again, I just run out of time each week. And unfortunately, NXT, you must have this show. NXT, as much as I don't want it to be, has because I don't have to do it for my job, has become the show that now just builds up and builds up and builds up. And I haven't been able to um, get you know, catch up with it. Because there's just there's just there's just too much to it. But one day I will sit down and I'll watch all of them. But by all accounts it's you know nxt is never a bad wrestling show because nxt always has good wrestling matches you know what you're going to get with nxt i know it's become a little bit sports entertainment ever since it joined the usa network uh for better or for worse but you always get good matches and you always know you know things are always going to feel like a fight it's going to feel like a sporting contest and and i appreciate that too i do i think right now wrestling is pretty good raw is nuts (laughs) raw is absolutely crazy but you can watch AEW, you can watch, um, you can watch SmackDown. And Impact, once you get into the characters, it never steers you wrong. They do enjoy being a bit nuts every now and then with the Johnny Bravo shooting angle. And You had that thing with um, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, which was a ripoff of that fire festival, which was so bizarre. There are a lot of things like that. and Pretty much anything to Neil Dashwood is a little bit strange. But it's kind of uh, that thing where they've created their own rules They've told you what the law of their universe is. And so, and they stick to it. I guess it's a bit like Lucha Underground. Like people would die in Lucha Underground and came back, but it happened constantly. And they just said that that's what happens here. And while maybe they went too far with it eventually, which killed the company, but, you know, knocked a few people away who didn't want to see that stuff. I can watch anything when I know what the deal is. You know, it's just the the randomness of Raw. Again, there it goes again, which is what gets you. Because you're like, but wait a minute, last week it was this, and this week it's that. You're going to do the same thing each and every week. I will respect it. I will understand it. And I don't want pro wrestling companies to be the same. I really don't. That's why the whole comment by Nia Jax was awesome. That's why Kenta being an AEW is awesome. That's why, I wouldn't say the Johnny Bravo shooting was awesome. But hell yeah, good for you for trying it. I think maybe one of the things that WWE has suffered with over the years is not being willing to try new things right not being willing not giving riddle a proper push not giving keithley a proper push because we have to stick to the status quo i wouldn't do that even if you try something new and it completely falls on its ass all right at least we gave it a go and people are going to moan anyway <laughs> so so what difference uh what difference does it make i mean drew mcintyre we didn't know the drew mcintyre thing was going to work i know he was put in the best possible position because you know that thing with the royal rumble with brock lesnar was just gold you could have put most people there and as long as they had uh, applied themselves to it right you're going to get a good upside But I don't think you could have 100% guaranteed that here we are in February 2021, that he was still going to be, well, I should say evolve into the performer that he has done. But he has. And that's because we gave him, we let him off the leash. And we allowed him to evolve into this new character. Like the Drew McIntyre of now is so much different to the one in sort of mid-2019, which is all like, I'm going to eviscerate you. Oh man, no one talks like this. But now Drew McIntyre is a fun-loving goof who will also kick your ass, because as he has said in interviews, I'm a fun-looking goof that can also kick your ass, so I would like to see more of that kind of character progression, and just letting people spread their wings a little bit, I think sometimes that, you know, sometimes they're clipped, and that is a massive, it is a massive shame, it just is, and I think Keith Lee is kind of suffering from that at the moment, I just like Keith Lee, so he can do whatever, but I am slightly, upset's too strong a word, but I am slightly upset that, you know, we've Turned him into a WWE big man, where the whole thing with Keith Lee, his USP, was he looked like a big man, but he could do all of this cool stuff. And I totally get it. You don't want to bash that out. Bash that out, terrible turn of phrase. You don't want to use all of those every single time because, again, law of diminishing returns. But to not allow him to do it completely, that takes away who Keith Lee is. And I know he had a backstage segment with Riddle, but why isn't he getting more promo time? Why isn't he allowed to be the guy that comes out and does the opening promo if we're going to stick with those? I I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I have the belief that he would be able to do that. And I'd like to see more of it. And, you know, it's the same with people like Angel Garza and Andrade. Every time they seem to get a little something, they're away and then they're repackaged and they come back. And it becomes hard to build up a fan base or to build up a following because you do need that consistency. And how you can't have consistency in a product that's 52 weeks a year, I don't know. But I don't want to crap on it too much. Like, do I enjoy Raw? I do. I mean, for the wrong reasons, probably. And they should absolutely tighten up the ship. But I still have a smile on my face. It could be because of the ups and downs as well. But I always go away smiling. So yeah, I'm never going to I'm never gonna kick it when it's down. They have enough people doing that for them already. In terms of television this week as well, obviously AEW is tomorrow night. Uh, we've talked about the main events. But they've announced a lot, as they always do. We've got Darby Allen, and Joey Janela for the TNT title, which is just going to be the most crazy thing you've ever seen in your life. I know a lot of people have been talking about the match they have in, uh, in PWG. I've only seen the highlights from it. It's crazy. (laughs) They're going to do crazy, crazy things, but I would assume that is the point. I mean, you know what Darby Allen is going to do, that's his whole shtick now, and you can't criticize him for it as nuts as it is because it's working, and if we kind of bring Joey Janela back into that world too, it's only going to help him. I don't think the title's going to change, I think I'm sure Team Taz and Sting will get involved, that's why they're there, built to the street fight, but yeah, I'm sure it's going to be crazy. The weirdest match is Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson taking on Pete Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Now, I don't know anything about Cesar Bononi, like, I know of him, and I'm pretty sure he's had matches on Dark, I sometimes forget who's been on Dark because there's so many people on Dark, I'm like, did I make that up but I'm pretty sure he's had a lot of matches on Dark I don't really know what <laughs> what the <laughs> I don't really know why we're doing this but hey look I never like to judge before I see it and everybody thinks I'm biased against certain shows no I always give things the benefit of the doubt there may be a reason maybe Jade Cargill comes out Red Velvet Shack. I don't even know uh, I'm all good with that tag match by the way I don't I find it mad that people are. Oh, Jay Cargill hasn't even had a match yet. Well, okay, let's see. It. Let's let it. She may be the best wrestler ever. I mean, she looks the part. Which, as I said, ups and downs is half the battle. I'm fine with it. We have to. We can't. You know, flip away, flick away people that may actually be able to become brand new fans of wrestling. And having Shaquille O'Neal involved is probably going to help you. Even just a little bit is the whole bad bunny thing. Uh, Chris Jericho at MJF versus the acclaimed probably be pretty good. Again, Chris Jericho at MJF will win that because they're the number one contenders. But I bet Jericho, as usual, goes out of his way to yeah you know just try and give them the best match possible so much like top flight they kind of make their mark and i like the acclaimed i do it's even more so because they've got a rapping gimmick which you think should actually hold them back but it doesn't which is very impressive and then of course yes kenny omega Kenta, to john moxley lance archer i mean there'll be some continuation to this story i think it's going to be pretty damn good and as for nxt where is my list it's moved where did you go list of mine there it is uh you got the shotty uh Shotzi black ember moon versus the way you've got msk versus legado del fantasma and you've got Champa and Thatcher versus the grizzled young veterans and of course cameron grimes returns um so that will be uh the the, the Champa match as well obviously is the uh semi-finals of the dusty classic i think because the finals are going to be at the Valentine's Day show, which at the moment is Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne, Shirai and Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez, Johnny Gargano versus Kashida, and they got the S. Yes, you got the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals and the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. So that will be a good show. I mean, NXT takeovers are always are always good shows. They kind of announced it really late this time, which I thought was a little bit of a shame because. I guess, you know, it used to be such a well-oiled machine. And I totally get it. When it doesn't feel that way, people worry. Oh. It was a really funny thing during the rounds the other day from the uh, a message. Not a message, but uh, a rumor about Vince McMahon in the... Whenever the hell WCW really started going against them on Monday nights and Vince McMahon was offended and upset that they were trying to go against his business. (laughs) Trust me, he didn't think that then. He was just annoyed somebody was going up against him. Vince McMahon would often run shows against his competitors on the same day. But nothing has changed. Let's not pretend anything has changed. We're all doing the same kind of a stuff. Uh, Before we do ask your questions as well, I think we should look forward to the Elimination Chamber properly and try and figure out what WWE is going to try and do with WrestleMania. Because you've got Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee versus Riddle. I cannot see... Unless they're going to do something with Bobby Lashley in the WWE title picture, I can't see how he's going to lose. He is incredibly protected, and I don't even mind it, you know... As I said earlier, I'd rather some people had this position. I mean, maybe potentially it would be better if it was a younger or a newer guy, just because Lashley's been around a while. But at least somebody is getting that treatment. So in that sense, I'm not sure where we're going with it. I don't think Brock Lesnar's going to be at WrestleMania this year. I hope that I'm wrong. But even if he was, I don't want to see him go against Bobby Lashley. I know Bobby Lashley wants that match. I would like to see it one day. But I think if you've got him and you need a proper top draw WWE title match, you have Drew McIntyre beat him again in front of fans. I think that really cements Drew title reign. Already gone through Oscar versus Lacey Evans. If we're really not going to get behind Oscar, which devastates me, let Lacey Evans win here. Charlotte gets it off her. Rhea Ripley debuts on whatever, becomes a champion. That's what we should be doing. Again, it ties into all the other things that we've been talking about Uh, We don't have any other matches announced, but I'm going to guess that we get that tag match with Edge, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Jey Uso. So it's really about looking at the Elimination Chamber match proper. Now, we will do this next week, but I want to try and figure out How it pertains to WrestleMania, because the more I look at it and the more I kind of see the lineup, I don't believe AJ Styles is going to be champion. Jeff Hardy, no way. The Miz, there's no point because you can beat him, plus he's the man in the bank holder. Randy Orton doesn't need it, which leads us with Sheamus. All part of me thinks that maybe we do the singles match at Fastlane, but that means your build to Mania is going to be really tight because it's only three weeks between those pay-per-views. So if you are going to do Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, I'd rather you did like one of WWE's classic tag team nonsense even though you would be doubling down with SmackDown, but they do that. Where you have Drew McIntyre and, you know, person in other feud going against Sheamus and person in the other side of that other feud. And then, yeah, you blow it off at WrestleMania. Again, I really don't mind Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus at Mania. I don't. I think sometimes I like to look at wrestling from a different perspective. And they did grow up together, you know, wrestling. And they did help each other out. And they are proper good friends in real life. And I can only imagine how cool it would be to be in one of the WWE title matches at Mania. I don't think it would headline. I think Roman versus Edge would do that. But I, you know, who? What does that even mean anymore on WrestleMania that goes seventy-two years? Um, and again, they they could headline night one, and the men other men could headline night two. I would rather Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks headline one night, but whatever, you know, whatever you want to do is cool. But I do think there's something in that. I think sometimes. It's much better if you enjoy it, obviously, because that's why you watch it. But I do like the human element. And I like the human element of two dudes that you know traveled all the way from the U- United Kingdom and Ireland having that moment. And I think they'd have a good match. Usually when you're that close to someone you can properly kick somebody's ass and they're all right with it because in the back, you can just tap each other on the back and go, hey, it doesn't matter. So I'm all right with that. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I don't have a problem with it at all. And outside of that, I don't think there's anything else going on in the world of wrestling. It will probably quieten down before WrestleMania and then it will just explode again. Although everything, I'm just checking here. Everything is just talking about Nia Jax's hole. And that's not a a (laughs) sentence I should be saying. What is going on? In the flipping world. No, there's nothing else going on. Let's just answer some questions and we can go on from there. Where are my questions is the is the real question. The irony, there we go. I really should have this sorted out. Why I don't, I don't know. Uh, my man Connor says, oh, the classic. If you could sign with any major wrestling company, who would you choose and why? My answer to this is very boring. Very, very boring. If I got offered any kind of a deal, I would wonder what the hell was going on. Because again, this goes back to the human element, whether it's AEW, AEW, NXT, Ring of Honor, whatever. These are still, these initials are still synonymous with wrestling companies that we know and love. And I believe that if you do get an offer, uh, it goes to show that you must have done something right. And I truly believe that. So it would all depend on what the situation was. You can never answer it. I would just, if I ever get offered a contract like that, I'll be. I'll be blown away. But what does it mean? What does it mean for, doing, for what I'm doing now? That may be something I need to think about. Although you never say no to opportunities, of course. You grab it with both horns and you run wild. Harine says, Hey, Simon, it's my daily proclamation for my Kenny Omega love. I totally agree with you. Now that this door has been knocked wide open with Kenta's great go to sleep, who do you want Kenny to face from New Japan? Also, what's going on with his impact story? Have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. And you. I mean... Oh. omega versus okada would be one that shoots up there if you were going to do title versus title so iwgp versus aew and you do it in the tokyo dome or you do it in madison square garden full house and somebody becomes a double champion that's what you want to do that will get people talking it will tie into everything that we talked about before it will be a huge deal and something we talk about for years if that's not going to happen for ages and somehow we can sneak each sort of companies wrestlers in each other companies I think you want to probably do something different. And how that looks, I don't know. I wouldn't mind Omega versus Jay White, if I'm completely honest. And, I mean, Jay White probably would be more on the side of Omega. I don't know. That's a really interesting question. But there are certainly different things that you could do. It all depends on what happens with the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. They're going to split eventually. But if you watch BTE, you know, they're still kind of a thing. So as soon as they do step away from each other and probably have that match, you could easily put Jay White... I'd still put Jay White on the side of Kenny Omega. That's just his character. It's a great question. And this is why it's so exciting. It really, really is. And I think, you know, if you can do John Moxie versus Suzuki in an AEW ring, that would be awesome. Or a Suzuki versus a Darby Allin. You know, That's only going to help massively. Maybe you could do Moxie versus Okada. We've never seen that before. It, I think it just gives us so many options. And it really, really would be like a pat on the back for... Hardcore fans that already invested, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting the people that are going to watch you anyway to feel even more beloved with you. It means they're not going to go away. And in terms of the impact storyline, I just think we're giving it a rest for now, which is smart. Like, we've got uh, No Surrender, is it, this weekend, where we've got Private Party versus the Good Brothers? I mean, Private Party won't win, but they'll get good experience. And I'm sure, probably down the road, in a few probably at their next pay-per-view in a couple of months, we'll do Rich Swan. Or maybe Moose versus Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega should win that belt as well. Like, if you're doing an Invasion Story angle and someone's trying to be a belt collector, too many times we've seen it fail. So this time, let's see it happening. Let's do it. It's only going to help everybody else. Kenny Omega is a massive star. Uh, Bauman says, should New Japan unify the IC and heavyweight championships? If yes, how should they do it? I think they should just split them up again. I mean, it all depends. The good thing about IWGP belts, or all the belts they have, I should say, is that they all feel like you've won something. They've done a really good job in protecting them and making them feel like a top prize. So you could have as many belts as you want when you've you've been able to establish that. The hard point being, it's difficult to do that when you have more belts because you do water it down. I would like to see them kept separate. I know it means we have the US belt, and the Never Open belt and everything else, but I, I quite like the IC Championship. So yes, I would keep it separate for now. And I suppose if you're not going to do that, the time to join them would be now as well. But no, I wouldn't. I'd hold them off. Uh, Andrew Davis says, what is your favorite B pay-per-view set design? Oh, dude, the backlash with the swinging blades. If I'm going to look it up right now, do we even call them swinging blades? Swinging blades. I better type in WWF because they do come up. And the the first thing that comes up on Google is favorite pay-per-view entrance sets, (laughs) And everyone's talking about backlash with the swinging blades. It is a shame that they got rid of them. I don't mind WWE being all Flash and I'm talking in Backlash 1999 because I'm pretty sure that's where they were. It may have been 2001. Oh no, it's not going to come up, is it? No, I don't think it is then. Yeah, I don't mind WWE being overproduced and big and flashy. There it is, Backlash 2001, just the best. But not keeping with those especially now with the thunderdome not keeping with that stuff does make it feel a little bit more conservative than it should have done otherwise that's a shame they got rid of those Ah, i'm looking at them now absolutely glorious um general kanye (laughs) do you put these podcasts anywhere else youtube do you still do video game content if so where do you post that well there you go um, no, I don't put these on YouTube anymore. We've talked about it before. I won't bore everybody with it again. They're just It's a podcast, so you can get it on all podcast apps of choice, but you don't need to know this because you'll be listening to it right now. Um, the video game content, I hopefully will go back to soon. I'll just be completely honest with you, I have no time. And I appreciate the fact I have no time because it means that people want me to do things for them, which is awesome. Um, but I'm already lacking in sleep. Again, not going to complain about it, but I am already lacking in sleep. And I think if I add anything else to my plate, I may send myself over the edge. But you never know. It's certainly, it's always on my list of things to get back to at some point. And I should also say at this stage, shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the show. And patreon.com, force com 316. Support me if you should wish. Uh, John Retro said, would it be seen as bad form to tickle your opponent's neck when you have them in a full or half Nelson? Well, not really. If we look at wrestling... Um, as being legitimate sport legitimate competition you need to get out of that as as quickly as you can so if that's a tickle or if that's uh blowing in their face (laughs) I don't know. Or whatever the hell it would be, that's what you've got to do. So no, I'd be 100% behind. That It would be weird. And you'd have to justify why you did it, especially from a commentator's point of view. But if you need to get out of there, you've got to get out of there. Uh, Dina Dave says, does Drew McIntyre lose the title at the Elimination Chamber? And then you have Edge versus Randy Orton at Mania for the Championship. No, I don't think so. I don't think you do that match last week if that was your plan. Uh, I would... I, would, I wouldn't go back to that now. I think it doesn't feel as exciting as it once did because the world changed. I would rather see... Because I don't, I, I don't want to see... Right now, Edge versus Roman is just more interesting to me. And when you have an opponent that's already more interested, going to one that's instantly less interesting is silly, right? So I think you've got to do... I would do Roman versus Edge. And if I can't do Edge versus uh, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, I'd probably do Edge versus... Uh, what's going on with me? I'd probably do Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Unless they're going to push Bobby Lashley or something like that, which would be fine because Bobby Lashley feels like a killer right now. And as I always say, all I want is for Drew McIntyre to get more and more momentum and just become better and better and better. That's all right with me. Uh, Peter says, do you think WWE will try and turn Roman Reigns into a good guy before losing his belt? Or do you think they'll build up somebody to eventually dethrone the big bad guy? There's no point going back to that now, given how well this is working. Now, I get it. That sounds like something that Vincent Man would do. I totally understand that. I'm not cre- I'm not saying otherwise. But it would be a mistake. Roman Reigns has found his character. Now, there's no reason why you can't turn him face eventually um, because that's just the nature of the piece. That's how pro wrestling wo- works. But you want to be able to feel it. You want to make sure you do it at the right time. And that shouldn't be for a long, old while. And yes, before you do do that, somebody should beat him for the championship. So all his goodwill, all goodwill that he's got goes over and pastes onto somebody else that's massively important so i hope they do that obviously they've been in a position before to do that and they haven't even with roman reigns when he was trying to dethrone brock lesnar and it shouldn't be for a while like it really shouldn't be for a while it should probably it's why i want edge to lose not because i don't like edge i love edge but i think it's a better storyline and i think it helped roman Reigns' character and roman reigns right now is your number one or number two guy in the company depending how you want to spin it i would say number one and you don't want to sacrifice that you want to build 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 and then you want to pass the love on Sam says, do you have any more details on the infamous Repo Man British Bulldog ankle, <laughs> where Repo Man repossessed Davey's car only to find it was a rental? I mean, no, other than the fact that the Repo Man was treated like a massive joke from day one. That was the whole idea. I'm sure you, we, most of us know that. But that's why people think I'm joking when I talk about the Repo Man. They think that I'm not serious, whereas, in fact, I'm deadly serious. I don't necessarily think the Repo Man is the pivotal of wrestling but i do think it's just the best way to describe wrestling that in this world you can have a guy who all he is doing is trying to repossess stuff because i presume that's his job i don't know he kind of does it in a sneaky way sometimes an underhanded way but he is a bad guy for that very reason and i love that that such a stupid character can exist <laughs> i'm never going to get mad at it i'm 99 sure with repo man as they do a lot of their comic characters it was just what dumb stuff can we make him do now And they came up with bit after bit after bit after bit. And it was, uh, yeah, it was dumb. It was stupid. Spookalicious says, When do you think The Fiend will make his next appearance after being burned to death? Well, I will tell you this. Rumor and speculation, who knows how true that is, is when he does return, he is going to have a very different look. And I think the reason we have kept him off TV for so long is because it is going to be Randy Orton versus Bray White slash The Fiend and maybe a Firefly Funhouse Funhouse match or something silly at WrestleMania, which is kind of interesting because we have done this before with those two. But I can't think of any other reason to keep him off TV. So maybe at the Elimination Chamber, and he costs Randy Orton his, you know, shot at the title. He could do that, and then maybe you do something with Alexa Bliss at Fastlane—not a match, but maybe that's how you get to the WrestleMania. But I would be amazed if those two don't do something. And given that, yes, you know, the, the Elimination Chamber is sort of slap bang in the middle of February, that's when I think he'll return. Or you do it on the Raw the night after. You may do it on Raw because obviously they're much more geared towards TV than they used to be. But in the next couple of weeks, I imagine I'd see The Fiend back. I, th- I think he's probably, they're probably doing a cane at the moment where they kind of want you to forget that he exists. You're so focused on the WWE title, and the Elimination Chamber stuff, and then boom, he's back. I don't know how I feel about it. I'd be intrigued by the new look. It's an interesting character, which kind of had so much potential, and they're much like the original Bray Wyatt, got pulled around a little bit, but we'll see. We'll always wait and see. And MSK says, hey, Simon, love all the content you put out. Thanks, man. Just wanted to ask you, do you think TH2 should be involved in a storyline? They are hella talented, and they kind of just come and go. Also, would you pay good money to watch Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki? I mean, obviously. That's another one of those matches which you'd just be like, how the hell have we even got here? Yeah, I, would, I think that would be hilarious. I think that would be fun. And again, as I've said a thousand times, that's what I want wrestling to be. As for TH2, look, I'm not going to try and name them because I'll forget. But they fit into this character category of uh, so many wrestlers on the AEW roster that I was just waiting for their opportunity. Which I'm going to presume is what the second show is meant for. To try and get the just under the main event level dudes and girls over. I'm also pretty sure that it would have launched by now if it wasn't for the pandemic. It's probably why Dark got extended for two hours just to get people going. And when it is going to debut, I have no idea. But then when it does, I think you'll see teams like TH2. I think you'll see probably guys like Wardlow in more matches, you know, as we get ready to pull the trigger on him. Massive. Top Flight, you know, the Acclaimed. I know they're doing really well on Dynamite right now, but they will you know, the more reps you can get in. Same with Private Party. You come and go. Same with Joey Janela. There's a ton of guys that we constantly see. And then, you know, new guys pop up on AEW all the time. It's why that second show right now feels pretty good. You don't want to add it to Dynamite, and they've already made it very clear they'll never do that. Three hours is too long for wrestling. I'm pretty sure it's a 60-minute show. So when does it go? What is it? Does it have storylines? Does it not have storylines? Is it like BTE? There are a lot of questions, but they have the roster to deal with it. And that is, is just all that matters. As long as you you know, you know can have all the content in the world, but without the personnel to pull it off, then it's not going to work. And I think they'll make it work. And I'm very intrigued. It's like, if you haven't listened to Tony Khan on the Talk is Jericho podcast, I would implore you to do so. It's a really interesting listen. You get a real, I mean, it'd be the equivalent of, I guess, back in the day. I know he was on the network one, but I'm talking about the audio version. When Stone Cold first started off, it would be like Stone Cold getting Vince on and them just having this casual chat about the business. Like even on the WW Network version, it was still the Vince McMahon version of events as it's always going to be. Whereas Tony Khan is very, very open. I'm not saying there's a wrong. I'm not saying there's a right. I'm just saying it's a different way It's a different way to approach it. And as we are talking about podcasts, the Kurt Angle podcast is really good. I got a massive kick out of that. He talks about WrestleMania 19. And you never know how much this stuff is true because, again, look at Hulk Hogan. I mean, Hulk Hogan's a different level, but he used to say stuff that he just made up (laughs) because why the hell not? But, you know, WrestleMania 19 with Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle wasn't going to do the match because of his neck, and then he changed his mind, and it was basically hanging by a thread. And he talks about everything with the shooting star press and the injuries. Oh, my word. It makes you wonder sometimes how wrestlers aren't in worse shape than they already are but more you know more power to them i don't necessarily think it was a good idea but yeah the kurt angle show um just getting that kind of insult insight from kurt was kurt like i know him kurt i did meet kurt angle once he wrestled at a wcpw show this is when i was training to be a wrestler but wasn't on the actual cards yet and i would help out backstage doing promos and producing and whatnot and it's it was an incredible thing there was this corridor backstage and he had just taken, sort of taken place there. And you could just, you could see him completely getting in the zone. I'm 99% sure I could have gone up to him and gone, you know, Kurt, I'm going to steal your bag. And he just would have been away with the fairies because he was totally getting in Kurt Angle mode. And I'm not going to lie, he looked in pain. guess <laughs> the only way I can put it. He really did it like he was in pain. But then as soon as he got in the ring and as soon as he'd warmed himself up, oh man, watching it was just like, geez, how the hell... <laughs> <laughs> the transformation was incredible so yeah i liked hearing him and of course he's got his life in order since then and it just sounds like he's living the dream although he did say that he does need that proper neck surgery like the neck surgery he got at wrestlemania 19 where he was going to get the dr Youngblood one that was going to keep him out for 12 months and then instead he went for this revolutionary surgery with somebody else dr joe i think it was that allowed him to come back in a couple of months he is still waiting to have that major neck surgery which he is going to need at some point and I was just like, "Wow, man! Imagine having that over your head. That would be intimidating. That would be scary." Neck surgery. He talks about his arm atrophy. I can never say it. Basically, his arm like got all shorter and weaker and stuff because his neck wasn't able to support it enough. <laughs> That's a serious injury. Wrestling is nuts. And then we let him perform <laughs> WrestleMania. What is wrong with us? Not us, but what is wrong with the uh, with the wrestling world? Uh, and on that note, I will I will sign off. Mostly because I, my my screen time is now limited. To 45 minutes. I'll leave it till the end of the podcast to update everybody about my eye. But uh, yeah, I I just need surgery on it. Talking about surgery, I need surgery on my eye. And it's not going to happen until COVID is is all said and done. But it means, yeah, I've been staring at the screen for 45 minutes now. Actually, it's a lie. I took a secret break halfway through for around about 10 minutes. But my eye is starting to get sore again. So I'm going to go lay in a dark room, as I am wont to do. But I do appreciate you joining me. I will endeavor to get another one out this week. I know it has been one a week, but it's been... uh, It's been really, really crazy uh, trying to get everything done, but I absolutely will sort it. Otherwise, yeah, Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. Check me out on YouTube at SimonMiller. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, drop a comment below. That's not what you do. Drop a five-star review and subscribe if you haven't done. And otherwise, I always appreciate your time, and I'll talk to you again soon.